You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Bluestein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts, and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tex said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for listening to Bizarre Buffet, everyone. Hi. <laughs> We're all excited. We're just so just, jazzed tonight. We're so jazzed tonight. We're feeling good. Got my cocktails. Oh, I've got my water. Water. It's hydrating. It's very mm. hydrating. It I feel is. like I've... I just need to stay hydrated. Oh God, well, I it's know. so damn hot. I know. Oh my it's goodness. Like muggy I'm muggy. As hell. It is. This is like the most annoying time of year because I feel like sometimes I have to shower like more than once a day. Yeah. It's, it's annoying. I know. I get home from work and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, just call a nurse for me. I need to be, <laughs> I need to be washed. I hate, when, I hate when you could taste your own sweat. Oh, yeah. When I'm walking the dog. I don't think I've ever tasted my own sweat, but okay. Oh, well, la di da. Fancy pants. Right. I'm just kidding. Well, uh, <laughs> while we're talking about sweat yeah. and glamour and heat, uh, um, I'm just so grateful to be in an air-conditioned environment. Minus this room. Yes. Minus the podcast room. But it's not that hot in here. I know we were just discussing getting yeah. a fan or something for in here that doesn't make noise, but yeah. I'm I'm comfortable. Yeah, we I mean the window the windows mm-hmm. nice. And if you ever hear birds chirping or people walking by, it's or just an airplane or flying. an airplane flying by. Welcome to New Jersey. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So what so are we while, doing? So since we're talking about these beautiful architectural spaces in oh. the Bizarre Buffet headquarters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, I just want to know, you know, what is the most beautiful building or home that you've been inside of? Mm. Mm. I wouldn't say beautiful, but I will say something that has with me was the Jewish Museum in Berlin, Germany. Wow. So not beautiful in like, oh my God, this is amazing. But they the, the designer really put a lot of thought into the building, the interior itself. Mm-hmm. The section about the Holocaust, there were no windows. And the hallways were very, very narrow oh. to kind of give you that type of like visceral, like visceral response. response. Very constricted. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And like every single exhibition had a different type of feel and vibe. Mm-hmm. Also, like it, the walls were white and the floor was slanted. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, so you were walking down. Mm-hmm. Wow. They say, I heard that that has a psychological effect well, on people. Exactly, exactly. And that's, I think, what that this particular designer was going for. Yeah. And I even remember there was a room. It was like a, you felt like you were in a, in a, like a well, right? Oh. Like there was like the windows were all the way at the top. But then they had these like metal faces. Mm-hmm. 
that you could walk across. It wasn't like flat. It obviously like it was like you were walking over oh. these like mounds of faces that were like symbolizing like the children lost in the Holocaust. Oh, how dark. It's very dark and I'm not like saying like, oh my God, this is amazing. No. But more like it's something that has sat with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't say like necessarily beautiful, but it was more, I appreciate going into buildings like that, that give, that are supposed to make you feel a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more about how you feel than like how it looks. Yeah. I mean, I think that's beautiful in itself. Well, the yeah. design kind of tells a story exactly and, a and that's that's what i appreciate in a design yeah and apparently like a lot of i mean also a lot of these buildings in europe kind of because of the war were so badly bombed like these cities had to rebuild and they're very modernized now mm-hmm. That like architecture in Europe plays a big role in certain cities, like Berlin especially, because mm-hmm. of the because of World War Two, because mm-hmm. of the Cold War and the Berlin Wall. Yeah. It's really, really fascinating. Wow. I mean, that is very um that's a very cool I mean, in the sense of like the experience to mm-hmm. be able to you know go through that set of emotions or something as a result of a space yeah you know i think that's really cool i guess mine would be and it's not you know necessarily the i mean the architecture is very cool but uh the chelsea hotel in new york um is a place that i've stayed many times with mark and Mm -hmm. other people and um you know it's a place that has a great amount of history i mean from hauntings to killings to uh, Andy Warhol yeah. to, you know, different eccentric artists and characters. Yeah, and exactly. You know, people who have lived there, continue to live there. Um, you know, and to me, that was always a very I'm special not mistaken, place. Our friend Anna Delvey spent some time at the Chelsea hotel. Oh God. Who let her in? Yeah. Jeez. She probably didn't pay the bill. No, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> Um, but you know, I took a lot of photographs in there of Mark Mm -hmm. and uh, friends and strangers who I met. Um, and I don't know. Beautiful photos. Yes. Oh, I'm sure because they probably have your face on them. Yeah. (laughs) It was like me 30 pounds ago (laughs) and I had platinum blonde hair. It was like white. Yeah, he did. Um, but that place always, um, elicited an emotional response from me. It was inspiring and, Uh you know, um, I didn't have a haunting there. I kind of wish I did. That's what I love about architecture is like, I guess coming from an artistic background. Mm. I'm like I said, I'm more about how you feel in a space. Yeah, definitely. It can look visually, it could visually be striking, but it can have a cold, like, vibe to it yeah most definitely absolutely and i feel like the chelsea had all of that kind of you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i guess that would be my um my example very nice thank you maybe we'll do an episode about it at a later date yeah i think we should right yeah because there's a lot of there's a lot of great things yeah i think you could probably do a whole podcast on the hotel Um, For me, so I like that you guys kind of said like, oh, you can sense a vibe or feel an emotion from it. It's kind of like the shining, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Definitely shine with the place. Literally just talking about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, Yeah. Jen started watching Full Metal Jacket for the first time in my thirty-one years of life. (laughs) 
There's and I decided sorry. to watch it at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. So I'm like, oh shit. Le- really not the best movie to watch. <laughs> Jen's going to have like dreams of being in boot camp. Yeah, in war, boot <laughs> camp. And, yeah, Vietnam. Right. Stanley Cooper comes out and he's like, Jen, you're not holding that gun correctly. Exactly. <laughs> but like, I like that you guys picked places that kind of captures some sort of like an emotional energy mm-hmm. and I can I get that too with certain places as mm-hmm. well in terms of design and everything um, I wish my answer was as deep and as, as intelligent as yours but oh, um, you're flattering one really cool thing that I got to experience I was about maybe like 11 or 12 my family and I went on a vacation to Niagara Falls Canada and there was this building that kind of looks exactly like the Seattle Space Needle, and it's called the Skylon Tower. Uh-huh. And you know, it I, I love th- those futuristic structures yeah. so much. So I was so jazzed that I got to go into it. But also, we ate in a restaurant that rotated. Ooh, I've never done one of those before. No, me neither. It's really cool. Did you get dizzy or was it? No, it's so slow. It's very slow. Okay. But when you get up and you come back, your seat's in a different place. So you have to kind of like find where it was. But it was beautiful because um, it's like a full 360 kind of scope. So you see Niagara Falls, you see the river, you see kind of the city of Niagara. Okay. You know? And I was just, like, so fascinated that this big-ass structure actually spun around. Yeah. I, I just... That's I really that. cool. I know. I wish our home spun around. I know. Jen, how can we make that yeah. happen? I don't know. How do you make a condominium <laughs> spin around? <laughs> I, I guess everyone else who lives here has to agree to be spinning. Well, <laughs> once we become famous... Yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting patiently. When Mark and I become famous forensic scientists. Yeah, that's right. So ballistic experts and um, astrology astronomer well, experts. We were recording another episode, and Jen and I had this discovery that we are forensic people. We forensic. are. Yeah, what they truly it? are. They have um, they have a calling. One could say. Yeah. yeah. To the to the field. Like, yeah. Jen's very factual yeah. about it mm-hmm. and getting, like, the research and the, the facts about it. And I'm, like, you know, a little more abstract about it. So I think we would be, like, a good combination. I yeah. Like I find. said, in another life, I'm going to be a forensic Maybe scientist. in this life, baby. Maybe Who knows? This, you know, Listen, is, you're still young, huh? still young. I know. Anything can happen. Anything Any? can happen. This hey. could be your platform. This, this could, could be. be. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody might hear this other episode. I'm assuming it's going to be released before this one. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. some, you never know. But like somebody could hear it and they could be like, Jen Wilson, you just, oh my God. Or Mark Toriello. Well, we had our Crack the Case episode. Oh, we did. Yeah. Jen was cracking those fucking cases. Jen was left and <laughs> right. I think you need to reevaluate your um, your yeah. your uh, calling here. I, maybe I need to. You're going to yeah. be a forensic sci- what forensic scientist, and then you're going to tell Mark and I the dirt, and then we're going to do podcast yeah. episodes exactly. on your cases. Absolutely. Yeah. There we because go. I don't know. Like, could you still do it? The podcast, if you did that, like, would it be infringement of like things? I don't know. I guess we'd figure it out. Probably wouldn't be able to talk about what I'm working on. I know. We'd have to call you a different name. You'd probably have to call me a different name. Sheila Wilson. (laughs) 
Sheila. I don't know why. It's just the first name that came to me. Okay. It's not, fine. it's not a that's particular fine. emotional attachment or anything. Okay. <laughs> I kind of like Janice. Oh, Janice. I'm not, I'm a fan. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Janice. Sheila's Janine. Janine. Genevieve. Je- oh, I was going to say Genevieve. Yeah. Or Jennifer with a G, although you oh, can't hear God. that. I Jenny. hate people who spell oh, Jennifer with a G. I know. They're probably so bad. An- yeah. I know. Like that actress Jennifer Goodwin. She's not even a good actress. I don't even know who Jennifer Goodwin is. Exactly. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> There's too many Gs. Too many Gs. <laughs> or like the Jennifer is spelt with two Fs. Have you ever seen oh, that? Yeah, Jennifer. So Looks like Jennifer. It looks like Jennifer. 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 So, um, Mark, yes, tell us about our topic. Our topic. Okay, so <laughs> I like that button, so, Zobby. <laughs> so basically, um, as you guys know, I'm a huge architectural uh enthusiast and i love frank lloyd wright yes and in another episode we talked about this fun experience where mark and i got to spend the night in a frank lloyd wright house we did in the middle of nowhere pennsylvania it was kind of frightening scary as hell it was like gay bash city yeah we weren't population one we weren't welcomed folk if you know what i mean (laughs) saying it without saying it Mm. i got the pitchforks and banjo it's it's like deliverance yeah like all right so let's get into it um frank lloyd wright how does he fall into the world of bizarre buffet well a lot of people know him for being this amazing architect but he also has a tragic past which involves murder So Mm. let's get into it. Oh, Frankie Frank. So let me just like kind of break down who he is, what his aesthetic was. So that way anyone that doesn't know, you guys will understand. But I also feel like people who don't know who he is, like knows his work. Yeah, Yeah. you have probably probably seen seen it it. somewhere. And then you might hear this and be like, oh shit, I've seen one of his houses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that museum before. Yeah. So Frank Lloyd Wright was a leading American architect and designer of the 20th century, and he lived from June 9th, 1867 to April 9th, 1959. His aesthetic is very modern, very ambitious, and he kind of became known for this philosophy called organic architecture. Hmm. Granola. Sounds very lovely. Did you just say quinona? Granola. Oh, I just said granola. Granola. <laughs> granola architecture. Yeah. And the best way to describe um, this architecture is that it's kind of integrated with nature um, and doesn't really disrupt the natural landscape. And in some cases, enhances the landscape. You know, Beautiful. I just have to say, like, the word organic mm. used to piss me off in college when, mm. like, my acting professors would be like, that moment was just so organic. Oh, God. Uh, cringe. Like, yeah, it's cringe. I fucking hate the word organic. That is cringy. Even though we, like, I do eat organic for the most part. 
but still. But you're just, never like everything's organic. Yeah, uh, it just you happens know? so organically. Yeah, organically. Mm, so like, do uh, bowel movements if you're lucky. Exactly. Yeah, so. No, I think that's really. I've always thought that that was really fascinating about Frank Lloyd Wright and how like he just kind of combines architecture with nature. Yeah. And he does it in a very beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So Frank Lloyd Wright, he mm -hmm. built homes, he built commercial spaces, schools, hotels, museums, mm -hmm. and so on. And some of his most well-known designs are Falling Water, which is a beautiful. beautiful, beautiful modernist home with a waterfall that literally passes through it. Oh, it's stunning. Um, he designed the Guggenheim Museum in New York City, which is that white spirally. Which, in my 31 years, I've never been to. And I've I'm never like, been either. It's we should do a trip. We're going to go. I've always wanted to go, and I never have anyone that wants to go with me. Well, we'll all go together. There and we go. I'm, I'm about to embarrass myself and say I've never been to the MoMA well, either. That's okay. You know, I actually just recently was at MoMA, but no, oh, okay. I've never been to the Guggenheim, and I feel like that's like a place... When I tell people that, it's like, you've never been to the Guggenheim and you oh live in God. the tri-state area. Oh, well, <laughs> must be nice to have the time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Sorry, we work. We do. I was very fortunate. I got to go, but only one time and because um, it was you know, an art school trip. But I was more into the actual architecture than the art that was there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because I was like, the architecture was way cooler than like the Kandinsky Paintings. Ooh, abstract cubist man holding a violin. Well, oh. that would be uh, Picasso. Yes. I love Picasso. She's using her degree oh. right now. Picasso. But yeah, so he did the Guggenheim Museum in New York City and my personal favorite, the Ennis House, which oh. is a Los Angeles oh. mansion and it's been used in films like House on Haunted Hill, yep. yeah. which we have a clip of in our Bizarre Buffet intro. We do. There'll be food and drinks and Maybe ghosts. murder. Maybe perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. And the Ennis House was also used in Blade Runner. It mm. was. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, mm -hmm. God. It's been everywhere. Mark Toriello favorites. Oh. And, um, you know... The Ennis house, it's like all those cubes, and it's just It's like fabulous. when, I would say that it's kind of like a greatest hits album song. Like, if you know Frank Lloyd Wright at all, or like if you have a slight knowledge, you probably know him because of this house. Yeah. And it's also on YouTube, and there's a really fun realtor who's very pretty and like likable. And she's like, and this house could be yours for $27 million. And like... She, she makes doesn't me, blank. I know. She doesn't <laughs> blank twice. It's like she's telling you, you know, like, and your Taco Bell order is $20, you know, which is an expensive Taco Bell order, but still. Well, his homes also are known for featuring large flat planes, unusual mm. angles, and a lot of glass. Yeah. Oh, love it. I love it. I've, so nice. Yeah. I would strangle, like... I don't know. I'm not going to get into it, but I would do a lot of things for Frank Lloyd Wright House. I'm oh, just me too. Put it that way. Me too. Well, well that's like I always say that when I become like famous and and get like invest in a lot of money, mm -hmm. the first thing I'm doing is buying an original Warhol. I love it. Work. I love it so much. Which one would you want? That's a hard one. I know. There's a lot of good stuff. I want an electric chair. I but want them to... I, maybe what we can do is we'll 
buy a Frank Lloyd Wright house, get uh, an original Warhol, okay. and put the electric chair inside. Uh, exactly. And then we'll have no furniture. Exactly. And everybody will be forced to sit and look at the house and the Warhol. In the electric chair. In the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. I'm ready to do it right now. So with um, Frank Lloyd Wright, we now know his greatest hits. Yeah. And now we're going to go down the bizarre buffet. <laughs> Hits. Rabbit hole. Oh, the rabbit hole. I love that rabbit hole. So um, one of his designs was a home that he built and called Taliesin. I hate saying Taliesin. It just sounds weird and doesn't feel right on my mouth. I know. Oh, you know and, what? And, that's mm. like what I say about the word heirloom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that is, that's very similar. Or like, ladle. Oh, no. Ladle. ladle. But why is there an H in heirloom? Oh, heirloom. I hate the word heirloom. Yeah, no. I mean, really, stupid. Stupid. Well, Taliesin. Let's get into it. With I'm, I'm here. This beautiful home was built in 1911 on a 600-acre piece of land in Jones Valley, Wisconsin. And the land belonged to his grandfather, who was one of the first settlers in the area. So already, the land has a lot of meaning to Frank. Where did his family come from? Um, They were immigrants, I know. I don't remember where from, but they came to America. Okay. They to came live the here. American dream. Probably on the Mayflower. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we are talking 18-something, right? I don't know the Mayflower's yeah. departure wow, dates. You'll Mark. have to forgive me, historians it's of the world. Way before the 1800s. Maybe, maybe the Mayflower... <laughs> the went, Mayflower sister. Maybe the Mayflower went to the Wisconsin River, because that's it sits next to the Wisconsin <laughs> River. Maybe they came well, on the June flower. Well, we should know <laughs> by now that... Mark Toriello and Mark Bluestein know nothing about geography or history or history or math exactly. So. But somehow we've been minorly <laughs> successful. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Oh yes, I know them. And wait, is that that's Christopher oh, Columbus? Oh god. Okay, we're canceling and, him right and now. He's been done canceled. Cancel culture. Yeah. My bad. Okay, so the Mayflower. Nobody wants him in his tights and his weird hats. <laughs> so apparently the Mayflower and the Titanic went to the Wisconsin River. With with Frank Lloyd Wright's Frank family. Right on it. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, and the the house was built, and it became his primary home and studio for most of his life. Now, is this home still standing today? It is. It is still standing. Mm-hmm. I'm still standing. The, the home's been I'm through. I'm still standing. I'm so out of tune. <laughs> well, the... <laughs> I don't know what that's called. It's Elton John. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, this home has kind of been through hell and back. I can't wait. Um, so I guess you could say it's Frank Lloyd Wright's hell house. Oh. Um, but basically, yeah, it was his home and his studio for a bulk of his life. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Taliesin was ruined two times due to major fires. But just to describe how the house looked like, it's multiple flat planes made out of natural limestone and the home has multiple wings you know one of them was even dedicated to agriculture Hmm. one side of the home was his work studio and the other half was like his living space and the house has been described as low wide and snug due to the narrow features throughout all of one story the home was built after he... This is where we get salacious. Oh. So salacious. I know. Someone called Jenny Jones. 
Um, 1900s Jenny Jones. The home was built after he left his first wife in Oak Park, Illinois, for his mistress. And her name... Oh, that... mm. Her name was Mayma. Mayma. Mayma? Mayma Borthwick. Okay. Wow, that's a name. And um, she kind of became the talk of the town since... Harlot. Since she left her spouse and children... Which is like, you know, a big no-no. God forbid a woman makes up her mind and yeah. does something oh, back then. But Frank Lloyd Wright can dick everyone in town and it's yeah. fine. Well, it, I, she left her her um, husband and kids to be with Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, my God. Yeah. Those yeah. poor children. Mama, what are you doing? Yeah. I know Mama. I mean, good for Mama. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, she was an American translator. Oh. And a feminist. Um, apparently, Mayma was not a very nice woman and treated you according to your class. Uh, oh. So much for being a feminist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking asshole, Mayma. Fuck you. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bitch. Um, so, yeah. So, she was very rude. She treated you according to the class that you were in. So if you were the help in her home, she treated you as such. Mm, wow. Lovely lady. So she yeah. wasn't really that uh, that nice. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. So in 1911, they had moved in and Wright continued to work on his commissioned architectural projects, even though he was struggling to get work because of the negative publicity after this whole scandal and romantic affair that he had with Mima. Mm-hmm. Now, during his free time on the property, he planted fruit trees and such, and Mima would also spend time with her eight-year-old Martha and 12-year-old John. Martha and John. Martha and John. So now we know, like, what the family dynamic was kind of like. We know what Taliesin was all about. Yeah. But unfortunately, not long after Taliesin was built, did this place just take a dark turn where there was murder. Oh. Oh, my and goodness. And blood. Oh. And beautiful homes. Oh, shit. And, no. And more scandal. Okay. Scandalous. So let's just talk about the days leading up to the murder because things are a little bit weird here now. So... The Wrights hired Julian Carlton, who was a 31-year-old man, to work as the chef and servant at Taliesin for that specific summer. Carlton was an Afro-Caribbean of West Indian descent. So Carlton was originally from Barbados. He was, you know, employed as a servant by other colleagues and friends of Frank Lloyd Wright. So... He was recommended to work for the Wrights by Frank Lloyd Wright's friend, John Vogelsing Jr. Oh, Johnny. Jr. is like that important, but... (laughs) All right, so originally Julian, the servant that they hired, was a very friendly presence on the estate. You know, everything was fine at first, but then as time progressed, Carlton grew increasingly more and more paranoid and it was most likely due to mental illness, uh-huh. which, as we all know and have discussed several times on our show, is that that's something that 
was not taken seriously back then. Absolutely not. It wasn't really even known about. Especially, I mean, listen, during this time, even less. It was also said that he had stayed up late at night with a butcher knife. Oh, no. Looking out the window. And he also became really argumentative and irritable towards the residents because, you know, Taliesin was such a big space. They had like mm-hmm. a wing dedicated to anyone that they employed. Mm-hmm. So the behavior had been noticed by Wright and Brothwick. Um, and they were like, okay, this guy, he's acting weird. He's acting crazy. We need to replace him. So they had issued an ad in the local paper for a replacement cook. And Carlton was given notice that on August 15th, 1914, that would be his last day of employment. Oh, with shit. The rights. Okay. So before he left, Carlton plotted to kill the residents of Taliesin. So his primary target was draftsman Emil Brodell, who had called Carlton a... Trigger warning. Yeah, trigger warning. But I just have to say it. Email called him a quote unquote black son of a bitch. What a fucking dick. On August 12th. I would have killed him too. For basically he got called that for not following an order, which is so stupid. And um, yeah, so all this happened. The massacre at Taliesin is considered one of the worst mass murders in Wisconsin history. Well, damn. Where seven out of the nine residents were brutally murdered. And um, leaving this home to allegedly be haunted because, you know, love haunting. Something crazy happened. And out of the seven victims that were killed, it included um, Mayma, her children, the draftsman, Emil Brodell. Sounds like he really had it coming. I'm sure the other ones did too. The gardener, Lindbaum, and handyman, Tom Brunker. And Ernest Weston, and Ernest was the son of a carpenter, um, William Weston, and um, basically Frank Lloyd Wright dodged a bullet because when this was going on, he happened to be away on a business trip in Chicago. Oh. Mm, interesting. Maybe he had them killed. Who knows? Scandal. Scandal. So on August 15th, Carlton grabbed a shingling hatchet and began an attack. He started with the Borthwicks. They were waiting on the porch off the living room. Mayma Borthwick was killed by a single blow to the face, and her son, John, was slaughtered as he sat in his chair. Now, Martha, the little girl, managed to flee, but unfortunately was hunted down and slayed in the courtyard. He then coated the bodies in gasoline and set them on fire, ultimately setting the house ablaze. That beautiful house. Yeah. So after that, Carlton then turned his attention to the other six residents, and he literally started pouring gasoline underneath the floor of the far end of the residence, setting it on fire, and everyone was kind of trapped in the home as it went ablaze. One of the victims, the draftsman, Herbert Fritz, he managed to break open a window and escape, though he did break his arm in the process. While the house was burning down, Carlton also entered the dining room and killed Brodell. He then, this part's really creepy, he then hid 
waiting for other residents to try to escape. Oh my god. So as they were like getting out, he would like catch up to them and, and kill them. As the foreman William Weston and his 13-year-old son Ernest ran through the door, Carlton attacked them with the hatchet. And the Westons escaped, but Ernest eventually died from his wounds hours later. Shit. So there's like a lot of shit going on. Like you have the house on yeah. fire. You know, the first wow. the first round of killing Mayma and her children. And now he's killing like the rest of the but staff. But the fact that like he was hiding and like waiting for uh, people yeah. to escape. That's fucked up. Yeah. Mm. So towards the end of this whole escapade, Carlton sought out the final two residents. And that was laborer Thomas Brunker and the gardener. David Lindbaum. Now, Brunker and Lindbaum managed to fight off Carlton and escape, but died days later from their intense burns and oh, injuries. Yeah. So with the house empty, Carlton ran into the basement into a fireproof furnace chamber. Oh. He bought a small vial of hydrochloric acid with him as a fallback plan because he was going to kill himself. Um, so in case the heat became too much for him to handle, he was going to, I guess, consume the hydrochloric acid. Okay. He did attempt suicide, but failed. Mm. He ended up dying in jail from starvation since he was unable to eat food due to his ingestion of this hydrochloric acid. So it did catch up to him. Mm-hmm. As for his wife, she was <laughs> she was banished to Chicago <laughs> with only seven dollars in her name. Seven dollars. Wow. And um, she was never to be heard from again. Oh. So I think I would want to run away too if like my spouse did that. Well, I'd be embarrassed. Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of I think the equivalent of like how you know, John Wayne Gacy has children that are still alive and like a lot of people, but like you would never know because they all have different names. Like no one's going around being like, yeah, let me just be asked for the rest of my fucking human Mm -hmm. life. If, Oh, are you related to the clown killer? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't fucking want to hear stupid ass people. People ask stupid questions enough as it is. I mean, I would try to get a book deal. Oh, totally. Or if Oprah existed back then, I would try to... And do the tell-all. The tell-all, yeah. Well, I think John Wayne Gacy's sister was on Oprah, but anyway, let's continue. We love a (laughs) tell-all. We do. So now, okay, Taliesin got jacked the fuck up and burned down. All these people were killed, and Frank Lloyd Wright was very sad. Yeah, and Mayma was an asshole, and so was that guy who made that nasty, nasty comment. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of um, vile going on there, but okay, so now here's the sequel, Taliesin Part 2. Oh, the remix. The the remake, the remix. So (laughs) grief-stricken, Frank Lloyd Wright was determined to move on. And decide that in the spring of 1915, he would rebuild Taliesin, calling it Taliesin II. How clever. And in 1923, he married an eccentric woman. And the marriage went sour quite quickly, making, you know, living at Taliesin not so fun for Frank. Because <laughs> yeah, really. he was with a, a real <laughs> joy kill. <laughs> and um, they ended up getting divorced in 1924. So, moving on to April 20th of 1925, 
Taliesin 2 had another fire. Oh, God. That house just does not want to exist. I'm sorry, but if there was a mass murder in a home, I don't think I would want to rebuild it. Well, this is a subject that we could have a whole episode about because I have many thoughts on this topic. I know, but still, <laughs> I, I don't know. think I would do it. Yeah. Because, like, look, now we've got Taliesin 2. Taliesin. Let me guess, is there Taliesin 3? There is a Taliesin 3. <laughs> of course. The Taliesin lives. I like the Poltergeist trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking um, that. <clears throat> but I think for for Frank, because him and I are on a first name basis. Oh, Frankie. Frank, yeah. Franklin. Yeah, Frankie Frankie Wright. Frankie, right. Frankie <laughs> was probably like, you know what? This land has so much meaning to me because my ancestors yes. owned it. Who came over on the Mayflower on Part the 3. Mayflower Part 3. <laughs> like Taliesin 3. So, um... Don't yes. forget the Titanic Part 3. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Taliesin 2 had another terrible fire. And this time the fire was not caused by murder, but by shoddy electric work mm. that had been done inside of the home. And it that'll came... That'll do it. That'll yeah, do sure it. Well. It came from a telephone that experienced an electric surge during a storm. So now yeah. Taliesin 2 burns down, and now we have to do it all over again. Oh, God. It's a Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Murder edition. Taliesin Part 3, which is the one that is still standing today. No Mirror? fires. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. No fires yet, but if it burns down, I feel like we're like the Oracle. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you heard it here first. Um, so once again, Frank rebuilds Telius and making it bigger and better. Of course, like yeah. you do in America. Always. But <laughs> still with the same design elements as the original. Okay. This eventually became his final resting place until, get this. He buried there? He was buried there, but his daughter insisted on having him exhumed and <laughs> For what? Why? I don't know. Maybe like rich people, I tell you. Where is he now? I don't know. Maybe like maybe like in the ground. Maybe in the (laughs) floating somewhere on the Titanic floor. (laughs) Titanic. And as a side side note, I think we should do an episode on like um, grave robbers because you know I was reading all about how Charlie Chaplin's corpse was stolen. Did you know that? I knew that. I want to. I want to get deeper into these stories. Yeah, I had to spit my eyes out. Sorry, you didn't know that. I I heard that, but I just hear like Benny Hill music for Benny. some reason with the corpse. Oh. I know Charlie Chaplin and Benny Hill are not the same, but I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty yeah. much, it's it's appropriate. So Taliesin three, this beautiful masterpiece, uh, it still stands this day as, as a national now. landmark. As and of um. 1017 on June 21st. Yeah. And um, it's studied and admired by architect enthusiasts. Oh. And, and murder. And murder. And oh, I podcast. And I think that's really fascinating because it that is a big massacre. You're talking, I think, seven or nine victims. Was, yeah. mm. And they were pretty brutal deaths. It was like yeah. with a, an axe. A hatchet. A hatchet axe. Which, fun fact, Lizzie Borden did not kill her family with an axe. It was a hatchet. Oh. Yeah. FYI. Um, and, um, you know, just the fact that this gruesome thing happened to such an iconic architect, you know, in, in a beautiful home, you don't really ever hear about this story yeah. as much. 
It's fascinating because it's just a different avenue of somebody who is very famous for doing, I mean, these amazingly, you know, beautiful homes and buildings. And, you know, I I feel like your brain doesn't normally associate like these types of stories with like certain types of like people or instances or like because you know i mean what he died in the 50s or something so he was old as fuck so you don't really think of like mass murder and like true crime related stories in like this area i think so it's really interesting so now that you guys know that it was built burnt down built again burnt down again and built again do you think that it could be haunted because now that the original structure is gone, do you think like the land is cursed? Oh or, yeah. yeah, I would think so. Could be. I think it's. I think it could be. But I mean, Taliesin yeah. Three is still standing today, so yeah. she's there in her glory. Yeah. I, I've heard they've gotten the blood out. I mean, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just being silly, but no, I think it could definitely be haunted. I think anytime something like that happens, like. You know, I mean, that was truly like ambush style, like everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, damn. Fascinating story, Mark. Yeah, that Thank was really you. fascinating. Thank you for sharing. Sad. It is sad. But you know what? Mayma wasn't nice. No, she wasn't. And neither, neither was, was that, that Emil. Yeah, that email. Emil. She was probably like the mom from Titanic when she was like, are the lifeboats seated according to class? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am oh like, my yeah. God. That, that was Mayma. I'm pretty sure that was Mayma for sure. Probably. Oh, my God. Well, so that concludes our story, folks. Oh, I hope you enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I did. I enjoyed it. All right. So... I think people should know how to find us. Absolutely. So on, on Instagram, we're Bizarre Buffet. And on Facebook, too. Yes. And on Patreon, we are also Bizarre Buffet. So we want to thank all of you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank and you. I am Taliesin3. I am the Guggenheim. And I am um, the first Taliesin where all the murders happen. So. Ooh, dark. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, bye. Bye. Bye.